When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello and welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig and I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson is not here. No, we don't know if he's going to turn up or not. I'm pretty sure he won't turn up. Uh, I think he's waiting on Chris from Dino Rods. Um, Ah, I knew he had a plumbing problem. He's had a plumbing nightmare. He's um, a manhole in his garden or something has come up and it stinks of shit because it is shit oh it's coming up just so at the moment dave is standing in knee deep in a river of shit which brings us on to (laughs) which brings us on to where we are in our season paul steve mclaren said that that was a terrific performance (laughs) was it no Steve McLaren has a habit of doing this at the moment where he keeps talking about how well we're playing and how great the team are and I don't know what games he's watching. Either he's delusional Mm. or what he's trying to do is we did have a bit of momentum and he doesn't want that momentum to stop because half of everything is in the mind. Yeah, I can see the point in sort of positive thinking and as a manager you, you do need that but if you're saying we're playing brilliantly when we're clearly not at some point that's not going to have the effect of positive thinking on players because they're just going to think he's talking out of his ass again yeah you don't want you don't want it to get to the stage where we we're relegated and we're doing an open top bus parade <laughs> yeah but he just looks happy with every game as well he's smart look, well, mind you he looks really happy when he's annoyed and he looks really annoyed when he seems genuinely happy. It's a weird one. He's Maybe got, it is a positive thinking thing. Maybe he's got one of those mindfulness apps on his phone. I mean, yeah. Well, you know, he's in the 1%. I'm sure he's making good money. He's working yeah. in football, a job he loves. Top tax bracket. Top tax bracket. But it, if you look at this season, he's not doing very well at his no. job. So that's three times now that we've lost to Watford. 
Yep. This game, in case you're for some reason listening to this podcast without knowing the result, which seems unlikely, we lost 2 1 to Watford away. Yes, yeah, three times we've lost by one goal to them, which I don't know why that's interesting. <laughs> well, it means but. that they beat us by three goals yeah. collectively, and that's not something. I saw coming at the no, beginning of the season but it's been an odd season I genuinely thought we'd win this game as well we looked to have sort of got over a few of our demons and they just lost four games in a row Watford yeah. had well this is the thing a lot of teams when they're on a bad run seem to break that run against us yes, or they, they have do. results that stand like Everton are in a terrible run at the moment I think one of their few wins recently was on us yeah West Brom even Villa Managed yeah. to get a point from us. It's it's not good, is it? I, I'm with Steve McLaren. I think we're an amazing team at the moment, and yeah, <laughs> we're just brilliant. Yeah, we are. There's nothing to worry about. So, the first goal, Igalo, was it offside? Yeah, marginally, I think it was offside, wasn't it? But I don't know why we're playing that high line with Colacini on Igalo because he's he's just too slow. And I felt like Rob Elliott should have ran out. He kind of stopped. He looked like he was about to, and then it just looked like he was waiting still. for an offside flag. Or yeah, I don't know. I've seen I've seen commentators say like compliment keepers on not running out, but he sort of like half ran out and then just yeah. Went. He didn't really do either. He didn't stay on his line. He didn't come hairing out. He just sort of. It wasn't difficult for Regalo because Elliot just stood there. So it was like, I can just very easily go around you. And explain to me the formation we played. We played what Dave was saying we might do, didn't we? We played three at the back. It was different. Because I think what we did in the Cup and what Spurs... uh, Not so, not what Spurs did against... Yeah, what Spurs did against Watford, sorry, was go three at the back. But it was kind of 3-5-2 with wing-backs. And the three centre-backs against two strikers because Watford are one of the few teams to do two up top, seemed to work. And it didn't do... We looked okay with that in the cup, but we went 3-4-3 three, three in this one, apparently. It looked more like a sort of 3-6-1. It was very odd. It was Mitrovic up on his own, three at the back, and then just a line of players in the middle. Yeah. And Shelby, I think, the changing of his position just meant he wasn't near the ball at all. I couldn't tell you anything he did in the game. The the difference between it was polar opposites. His debut, and yeah. his performance at Watford. He, yeah, when he did get the ball, he didn't seem to be able to. I don't remember him pinging a single one of those no lovely passes. Although I think with the change in formation, there probably weren't the people to aim for either. There weren't the options. It was it was a system we haven't played before. But again, in part, that's because we've got no left-backs. I think out of the four or five players that can play left-back, we didn't have any available. Where's Shane Ferguson now? Millwall, I think. He's still our player, though, right? I don't know if he is. (laughs) We've had Shane Ferguson for... I mean, Shane Ferguson's probably in his 30s now. But even he's a left midfielder. I mean, he's a a left wing-back, isn't he? The only specialist left-back we have is Haidara, who's never fit. Dummett's not really a left back. Shane Ferguson is still on our books, and um, yes, he's at Millwall. 
but yeah. But even then, we've said it most weeks on the pod, we need a left-back. We do. I don't think Haidara, when he is fit, is going to be first choice. And Dummett's done okay, but we need... We need a left-footed version of Yanmat. Would you say we need David Santon? Not well, that David Santon is left-footed. Well, that we need a left-back, and he is the, one. So that yeah. was the sale that annoyed me most in yeah. Mike Ashley's reign. I yeah, mean, he'd done nothing to look like we didn't need him. Yeah. So we went 2-0 down, and uh, I don't really remember the second goal. Was there much to it? So, it was just was it? quite again it was Dini to Agarlo and then Cathcart was there the problem is we you sort of know with Watford you need to stop Dini because he's the one that's going to do any damage he'll get it to Agarlo and we just let him have all the space he wanted for the second goal I think there were about four of our players around him but he's just too big yeah uh, Dave sent because he's at home from work for the day I'm sure he's told his boss that he's working from home I don't know if he did send this really long email on his <laughs> lunch break but um, he suggested that uh, what we should have done he said I understand resting Perez and giving Aaron's a shot that said the formation was a big gamble that didn't pay off at all would have been better off playing Umbemba as left back and have LaSalle man Mark Dini all game and I would say in hindsight he's probably right yeah I'd agree with that I think Mbemba he's played at right back for us I think he could easily fill in I think he'd be a better defensive option than Aaron's yeah LaSalle that's the first time I've seen him really mm. and you can't really judge a guy on one of his first Premier League I mean that was his first Premier League start wasn't yeah. it yeah but he he didn't look composed. No. I think he, he looked a bit uncomfortable at times. He, did, he scored. He's an aerial threat from corners, he which we don't score. seem to have. He did score. Yeah, we never have that. He, so that's something. He broke his teeth or something, didn't he? <coughs> yeah, it was seven stitches. Bless you. Thank you. Seven stitches? Yeah. What, in one of his teeth? Yeah, <laughs> he had his tooth sewn up. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. He's... He's one of those players. I think a centre-back coming in for their first game doesn't often look composed and like they're going to fit naturally. And I like the look of him, but it wasn't a great game. But then again, you like the look of CM De Jong, didn't you? <laughs> well, yeah, if, if he gets a run of games, which he won't because he's the most accident-prone man in the world, I think yeah. he'd be good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, have you heard he's injured himself putting on trousers <laughs> this morning? That's, Ge- genuinely that's not true no that's not true <laughs> I didn't but believe you I said that you believed me <laughs> so yes LaSalle got a goal but it was an awful performance yeah and it it was a performance that was kind of archetypal for us this season it especially was, we're terrible away from home I didn't realise how bad I'd read this morning we've scored seven goals away from our last 17 away games and we're just well Wijnaldum's not scored away all of his no. goals have been at home all of our kind of I mean we don't have players who are consistent anyway they're by definition hot and cold are ones but they always seem to be cold away from home which is ironic considering they're always travelling south no yeah Mm. <laughs> that is ironic. Yeah. 
Speaking of travelling south, that's what Charlie Austin did. Yeah. As we mentioned on the last podcast. And about the time that Steve McLaren brought on Johan Gufran to get a clear God, unmarked how is he still there? header in the six-yard box, which went wide. I don't know if it's a six-yard box, but it was a damn was good chance. Close. About the same time that Johan Gufran was doing that, Charlie Austin was scoring the winning goal for Southampton at Old Trafford, coming on from the yeah. bench. To slot a header in And whether or not Charlie Austin Wanted to stay on the south coast Like there's probably genuine reasons Why he didn't want to come to Newcastle But the frustration isn't just that He's scoring goals There's other players like Benneke Fobi Who we want we wanted to sign He scored again at the weekend It's that damn south coast I mean yeah. is it that good down there? But we, we should be able to compete with Bournemouth for signing players and a phobie's got two in two now and even if he's Don't not be the ridiculous answer, Paul <laughs> I know they're <laughs> they're a huge club but whether or not it's about Charlie Austin or Benekophobie it's the fact we're not we've not signed strikers and it's not like we've not known for a while that we need somebody up front there just doesn't seem to be anything happening at the club here's the traditional podcast mention of the book Touching Distance yes there's the, the format of that book is that it goes through all those, all the key players from the Keegan era, era yeah. and you sort of hear their story. And a familiar theme throughout that was that so many of them didn't want to go up north. Yeah. Their agent or whoever would call and say, Newcastle were interested, and they were just like, no, no, I'm not going. Not going up well, Rob Lee was the famous one who didn't... He wanted to go to Middlesbrough instead of Newcastle, and Keegan had to convince him that Middlesbrough was further north than Newcastle, really? which is why he signed for us. <laughs> he just lied. He said Newcastle was further <laughs> south. But there was... What happened there was that... Yeah, there was an instance in every case of Keegan persuading them, these yeah. southerners who don't want to go up north, that there was... Something worth coming to Yeah I mean I know that the Metro Centre was opening <laughs> what, what Well I'm Shelby loved the Metro Centre Did you hear about that? No I didn't One of his quotes after his first weekend Or his first week at Newcastle He couldn't believe how big the Metro Centre is <laughs> it's, like it's in Gateshead not Newcastle anyway But Well I suppose he'd be maybe, they, maybe Lee Charnley needs to get an office in the Metro Centre yeah. To get these deals through Because that's the other thing before, if you're meeting Kevin Keegan, who's selling the idea of a football club to you, that's going to be a lot more persuasive than Lee Charnley, who's been over-promoted from basically T-boy, doesn't seem to know what he's doing. That's true, but Kevin Keegan's an unusual instance of uh, someone who was a top footballer yeah. who ended up being quite successful as a manager for But a somewhere while. between the two of them is what you would expect a professional football club to have, which is someone who's enthusiastic about the club and can get deals through. Someone who's not just generally considered quite a sad figure in football. Yeah. Like Steve McLaren, who's he's sort of a sad clown really, isn't he? He's quite Yeah, well, I doubt Steve McLaren's even involved. In getting players in I know he's meant to be on the, sure, the board it, or the committee It goes in I'm sure it goes into the player's mind Who they're going to be mm. working with Yeah Although as we've shown in the past Like if you're willing to pay wages 
for, for a lot of players, they'll come. That's true. And the thing I heard today was Charlie Austin apparently is on a hundred grand a week at Southampton. Is that right? So that probably says a lot more about why we didn't go for him than anything to do with. Because I don't think we seriously went for Charlie Austin. It doesn't sound like we put a bid in. Well, he he's if he's on a hundred grand a week, then I'm pretty sure we don't have any players on a hundred grand a week, do we? Collegini's probably the closest. I think Collegini, maybe Sissoko. I think. I don't reckon we've got anyone on more than 80 grand a week. Probably not. And I'm sure Coricini at least has a clause that he has to be the top pay player mm. in the club. So once you go over that, but you're increasing the wages of a lot of people. But, but this, season, this is the problem with us at the moment. We, we're so tight in trying to save a few million that it, there's a good chance it'll end up costing us tens if not close to 100 million by going down. Yeah. It's a complete false economy, but they're just they're so concerned about saving every penny and getting the perfect deal. It's it's the sports direct mentality. Yeah. It seems like we're a few years behind the curve mm. that we we thought that we could do something that other clubs have done in the past, which is do things really cheaply. Yeah. And uh, get really good deals, and we have done on some occasions. But everything has changed now because yeah. it's because of those big TV deals. Yeah. So Southampton, who traditionally are known for spending well, accept that they have to pay Charlie Austin a hundred grand a week. Yeah. And that's an easier pill to swallow if you're only paying a four million pound transfer fee as well. I think we've, as well, we've, or the last figures that were published, we have got the seventh highest wage bill. We've just got some terrible... maybe I'm full of shit. No, I think you're right, but the problem is we've got players on high wages who aren't getting near our team. Like Tovan, De Jong, Teote, Goufran's probably on quite decent wages. There's a lot of crap that we can't seem to get rid of, back to the Sports Direct analogy. Yeah. Yeah, maybe... To go back on what I've just said, maybe everything I've just said is bollocks because somebody made a really good point on Twitter today and I know it's a weird old season and this might just be an anomaly but for all the talk of, oh, we're not spending enough, Leicester are top of the league with Danny Simpson at right back. Mm. So, and apologies to whoever made that excellent point that I'm not crediting you. Was it Danny Simpson? <laughs> it was Danny Simpson, <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's a damned good point. There's a player who was our right back in the championship who's, at, who's a, a functional right back, but because he's in a side that works as a team and has a clear direction, yeah, which is forwards towards the goal, they're doing really well. But towards a striker who can finish... As well, well, th- three of them, four of them, yeah. they've got, and they they've got four good finishers at Leicester, haven't they? They seem to have a pretty balanced squad, which we don't. I mean, it's been clear for a while we need a striker, and Cisse, I can't remember the last time he gave us close to three quarters of a season. Yeah. Well, we thought. I feel like for two seasons we've just assumed he's off. Yeah. And. Uh, 
But that's the, the problem with us as well, and it might come back to that wage bill thing. There's a lot of players like Cisse and Teote who we don't replace them before they go. Teote seems to be the exception because they seem to assume he was definitely off. And, and he's still in not gone. Well, no, it doesn't look like he's going to. But we can't afford to keep trying to balance everything in the book right away. I think by not bringing in a striker, the last few games, or like there'll be games in this transfer window, like the one against Watford, where if we'd had that striker, we'd have more points. And the points are more important to us than the odd million at the moment. Definitely. And we'll, we can find a buyer for some of the crap that we've got in our squad. So speaking of uh, being on the lookout for a striker, the reason we feel that we need a striker is fundamentally because Mitrovic isn't scoring goals. Yes. Not enough. He's getting a lot of opportunities. Yeah. He's he's tending to hit the target with not particularly bad shots, in my opinion. Yeah. It's just not quite clinical enough. Not quite good enough. I do think it will click with him, but he shouldn't have the pressure on him. He's the only one we've got that can play up on his own like that. I don't think Perez can although maybe with the more creative midfield we've got now it might be worth giving that a go I think the pair of them together could work as a duo yeah but I understand why that not might not be uh, what the team needs and this brings us to something else that uh, features in Dave's excellent email it's the sort of email that makes you wish he was on this week's show because, <laughs> because it's a lot more thorough than our tiny little brains can handle but he's you point- do get thumb ache reading it you have to flick through that much yeah you really do he said he's given us a list of he's basically defending Mitrovic saying that expectations of 15 plus goals from him is asking for too much too soon and he's compared him with the other, he's got a list of Premier League top under 21 goal scorers this season. Mm-hmm. And the top one is Della Alley with six, and Mitrovic has got four goals. So, I mean, that's a fair enough point. For his yeah. age, yeah. he's doing all right. But he just so happens to be in the position where he's very much our main striker yeah I don't think people calling for us to get a striker are saying Mitrovic is never going to be a decent striker but this the place we're at at the moment we're in the relegation zone in a season where you really can't afford to go down and it's not fair on him to keep him in the firing line I think and the thing with Deli Ali, he's got Harry Kane as a striker ahead of him yeah like there's we don't have a decent enough striker ahead of him. Cissé could be that, but he's injured. First question. Do you think... There's only a week left of the transfer window. Yeah. Do you think we're going to sign a striker? No. You think we won't sign a I think we should. I don't think we're capable of it. We don't? I think we'll do what we always do, is we'll talk about the players we bid for, and how we just couldn't get the deal over the line, but we won't do it. We're just the ones we could have got. We're not like emotionally. I don't think capable. our board is capable of signing the players we need. That's depressing. One, well, even like players like a Phobie and Austin, we should have been able to sign them. 
The players we need will demand wages that our board won't be willing to give them. I think we might set, well, we could sign a striker, but it will be someone very cheap, probably. I'd love to be wrong. I'd love us to bring in Lacazette or somebody like that. Well, there's a story in the Telegraph today that we're going to pull off an incredible Lacazette deal, mm. who's valued at 30 odd million, I think. Yeah. Same as Berrino is weirdly valued at now. Which, which is, is insane. Yeah. But it's the nature of the situation, which is everyone who's in the Premiership right now has got shitloads of money from that big TV deal. Yeah. And the promise of way more next season. True. So, I think if we sign Berahino, though, it's not, like, factually, not that different to Mitrovic. It's like a young player who's untested. That's largely over a season. I'm not sure he's what we need. There's talk. Fair point. I would rather Loic Remy on loan. It feels like we're putting a lot of eggs in that basket if we don't get any of the targets we want. And I could see clubs like Palace taking Remy instead. I'd definitely love to have Remy on loan. If yeah. We, if we can't get someone like Lacazette, just a fucking. Do you reckon we could get Sebastian Larson out of retirement? <laughs> oh, Henrik, no, Henrik Larson. Like Henrik Larson. <laughs> I was say, I wouldn't really want Sebastian Larson. No, that's a good point. But as well, there's players like Gomez, who apparently has a release clause, who I could see us going for. I don't think that would be the worst move. There isn't any talk of that. How old is Gomez now? Is he... 29, I think. Right. We won't get him then, will we? Because well, this we're firm one-hour fucking... Yeah. Principles. Our policy that's the one thing we do stick to is our policy. Well the thing is, who fits into both if you have a Venn diagram of the type of player we need to sign and the type of player that our board would be willing to sign that meets all the requirements, I don't know if those two circles overlap at all. Oh. Which is a worry. Mm. I mean, it would have to be a loan signing. We've done it with Remy before, so I wouldn't, I wouldn't see it as impossible. If we win our next game, yes. Not that we have a game this weekend because obviously it's late January, so we're out of the yeah. FA Cup. <laughs> it's good to have these traditions in January. Well, it's isn't like it? it's we're introducing our own winter break. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Which is didn't God wish it. Yeah. So um if we do win our next Premier League game, will we do you mean Dave come into a podcast and suddenly be all positive again? Because we're so we're so just respond to the last performance and the last result. Yeah. And because we were feeling pretty good, weren't we? We were, but we were still aware of the fact that we were in and around the relegation zone. Well, I remember that I was down to 40% likelihood mm. of us going down. And I think you were 35%, I think. I think so. And Dave was down to 25%. And according to Twitter this weekend, you said you were you were now 70%. Was yeah, that, that was yeah, that was a joke. Well, Dave said on Twitter that he was 40%, but he said in the email today that he now thinks there's a 50% chance. He's, yeah, the swing on so, so obviously Chris from Dino Rods has <laughs> s- sent his mood plummeting. To be honest, if anything's going to get you feeling pessimistic, it's going to be having shit coming out of the ground into your home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That'll do it, normally. So where are you in terms of the percentage chance of us going down 
sort of the same as last week. I think our home form is going to be enough. Weirdly, I mean, I'm quite an optimist anyway, which you might have noticed from several episodes of this pod. That's because you've had a pampered life, Paul. <laughs> In my ivory tower. Yeah. Eating my... Uh... It's all been a bed of roses for you, <laughs> Paul Doolin. It's true. I just think... The, the one positive I can see with how terrible we are at the moment is it surely has to force the board into signing someone. That's what you would think, Paul. Yeah. But that's what we always say. We, I mean, they do sign players, to be fair. I think our home form will be the big thing because we're so terrible away. And we've still got four points from the last three games, which if we carry on at that rate would be enough. I would imagine... Well, yeah. yeah, speaking of that, here's something else from Dave's email. Something that was I saw on Twitter. Oh, is this the Mike Ashley lies? Mike Ashley table. lies put up this table. And we should probably it, use his actual name as well, so which we do Chris, mention him a lot. Which is Chris Holt. And he's made a table which is, if I understand this correctly, there's 15 games to go. And if you base the form of the last 15 games of the teams in the table, yeah. at the moment our technician is openly yawning at this, <laughs> this moment. Um, there's nothing that quite works as well on an oral medium as a chart. That's true. <laughs> okay. So, if we look at the statistics, uh, if we take, if we correlate the form of the last 15 games and you turn that into the following 15 games, he's made a table which has us finishing 17th, two points clear of Norwich, Sunderland and Villa are also down. Yeah. But it also has Leicester winning the league by seven points. <laughs> Could happen. Which really could happen because it's that much of a mental season. I would, lo- I would love for that to happen. Leicester winning the league by seven points, Arsenal second. But, I mean, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I interesting that. I mean, the other thing, though, if you base it on form for the whole season, then we'll be relegated because we're in the relegation zone. Yeah. And we... But I, couldn't, I could very much see us finishing 17th. Yeah. I think it's going to be a close run thing again. And it's not so long ago that I thought we might climb the table a bit. Yeah, well, the problem, all the teams around us seem to be capable of getting points every week. It's very rarely most of them drop points. I mean, Norwich did this weekend, which in a game they easily could have won as well. An incredible game. Yeah. But then Swansea won, I think, didn't they? Yeah, they won 2-1. Yeah. So... And everyone seems to be picking up points. Yeah, I mean, Bournemouth and Sunderland played each other, didn't they? Or was it? Yeah, so I think they both got a point. Everyone's picking up points. And there's no one other than Villa, who we drew against, who I think is clearly worse than us. No. I mean, look at our, look at our next few fixtures. Everton away. Mid-week Everton are in a terrible run. <sighs> I don't, yeah. But then we're terrible but away. They, performed really well against Chelsea and they well that's the thing with it it's the same with any Roberto Martinez team is they get this reputation of playing amazing football but they're never that high up the league I do think I don't know how he hasn't been found out by a lot of people he gets praised as being this amazing manager because they can pass the ball but they can't defend 
I think they'll beat us, but probably because we'll create a dozen chances and miss them. This is our problem at the moment. If we could keep clean sheets, we'd be fine. But we're capable of at least one defensive cock-up a game. Definitely. And, and we're capable of missing three or four good chances. That's a recipe for losing games. And Everton have got Lukaku up front, and we've got Mitrovic. Yeah. Who is not quite Lukaku yet. No. So Everton away, followed by West Brom at home, followed by Chelsea away, followed by Man City at home, Stoke away, Bournemouth at home. Like Bournemouth at home, I was going to say that's the first fixture out of all of those. Not West Brom at home? I think we'll beat West Brom at home. Maybe. Maybe Berahino will score against his old club. Probably not. No, not not if we're going to have to pay £30 to get him. Oh, Paul. It's not great, is it? I feel like we should apologise for how negative the club is, even though we're not officially affiliated with it. No, we're not. I mean, maybe we could get... Maybe that's the only way we can turn this podcast around. Would you take Mike Ashley's bucks if he said, I want to Sports Direct <laughs> to sponsor Newcastle and Latter? How much would we get? We'd get... But bearing in mind that we earn nothing from this podcast. Yeah. Now, we just do it uh, for the for the love of talking... Yeah. Through our own misery yeah. Every week This is basically therapy This is basically therapy But if Sports Direct Offered to Sponsor Newcastle Net Would they clothe us as well? In Sports Direct yeah. clothes? Yeah we'd have to arrive In a sports We'd, we'd each get a Sports Direct car <laughs> <laughs> Could you imagine How shit that car would be? No we would get And I'm not going to say Something over the top Because I know That you'd do it For us car right so uh, we have giant mugs to drink out of as well we'd have to we'd have giant mugs to drink out of and we'd get you'd get a hundred pounds for each newcastle nut no you wouldn't do it for a no hundred pounds would you do it for 500 pounds a nut no yes you would paul yeah you would you take that Ashley dollar. Like you said, I've lived a pampered life. You I have. don't need my cash. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, you don't actually need money at all. I do. If anyone's listening and wants to give me any money... I'd... You wouldn't take £500 a podcast. It's just such a horrible business. Sports Direct, not podcasting. But you'll go... When was the last time you bought something from Sports Direct? About half Be... a year, I think. Right, half a year. So yeah. six months. So not that long ago. So you're happy to give him your own money. I needed some tennis balls. <laughs> <laughs> you have to make such a big effort to not buy any sports stuff from them. It's quite I hard. I know. They just do such good deals on shuttlecocks. <laughs> <laughs> it's really hard. I mean, where else am I going to get my uh, snooker balls from? Not into sport. <laughs> Intersport, yeah. You tell me where your nearest Intersport is. Maybe this will make things. <laughs> I feel like we've gone off topic, and that's why we're maybe. both enjoying it more. Yes, yeah, we're not talking about Newcastle. Well, maybe this uh, will. Would you do the Sports Direct podcast? Right for make me an offer. Grand an episode, but you have to wear Sports Direct branded clothing all the time, like not just at the pod in your life. 
you have to... So far, I'm in. <laughs> a grander pod? Yeah, you do. Yeah, could that, 52. Would, yeah, of course you that would. move me up a tax bracket. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. So, um, but maybe this will give us some positivity. Uh, Lagrange. Who Is that is, the French Grange Hill? It's the French Grange Hill. He's a regular NASA listener. Tweeted... Is negativity projected by fans slash media fair? Steve McLaren brought in to rebuild team, but many seem impatient and unwilling to accept that change takes time. Team slowly improving, but still going to lose slash draw more than we win. Has he got a point? Well, I, I'm not sure he does. Just if you look at the Premier League, Watford brought in a new manager, Leicester brought in a new manager plenty of teams have done it and the change isn't taking that long it only seems I think if you concede that we have good enough players or better players in the position we're in the idea of bringing in like a former England manager should be able to get more out of those players let's talk through some former England managers well that's what I mean Steve McLaren yeah I was going to say that former England manager doesn't necessarily make them good no we've had some shit managers I would take Graham Taylor now would you (laughs) instead of Steve McLaren would you really I think he'd do a better job yeah well I I think I'd like to think that Lagrange has a point yeah there's definitely a point in there but there seem to be a lot of other clubs in the same division as us disproving that idea which doesn't help us well I would feel more confident in Steve McLaren if I felt like he had confidence in the style of football that he was playing. Yeah. The fact that he we had the fact that we had one injury to a left back and we had to completely change our formation. Mm. I don't think is a good thing and maybe he was trying to counteract the way Watford play as well yeah, but that's not a formation a that, that we played at all this season no, is it not 3-4-3 three, three. so we were just starting to have something that was working mm. maybe try and stick with that yeah. patch up your left back situation yeah stick a centre back at the left and yeah. see if they can get through it and then if that's not working change it up but it's I think you say I'm not having confidence in our style but I don't know what our style is I still don't think he's found a way he likes to play well it was looking good with one Alden in the number 10 position yeah it was looking good for that one game with Shelby playing that sort of Johan Kabai sort of role yeah I agree I don't I couldn't tell you what our sort of game plan is though Hmm. we've not really got an identity no Oh well. So, <laughs> should we talk more about sports direct situations that you would and wouldn't do? Well, I think we've established that yeah. I'm more desperate than you. <laughs> I think you'd do anything for a sports direct. I think, I mean, I mean, get in contact with us on Twitter and let us know what your price is. Mm. And if you say no, this is me going directly out to our listeners here. If you say that. You, you don't have a price to be sponsored by Sports Direct, then I don't believe you. Yeah. 
Yeah. But we'll see. Get in touch. What's your price? Mine, for the record, <laughs> is probably about 50 quid a week. Really? <laughs> that's, that's not good. Well, I would pay... I would pay to go and watch Newcastle. So I'm putting money into the the whole operation by doing that. You're causing two problems by doing that. You're promoting Sports Direct and you're putting money into that regime. Yeah, I am. You're allowing them to basically launder their own money back through the club. So, yeah. So if I'm prepared to do that, then I might as well be prepared to take the cash. Fair enough. I did an audition for an advert for McDonald's this week. Ah. Paul, so, you know, it's quite clear (laughs) that I have a price. Yeah. You know? So if anybody out there wants to offer me something morally reprehensible, (laughs) then I'm willing to negotiate a fee. So, you said you still think you're on 35% that will go down. Maybe edging to 40, but yeah. I think... We saw enough the other week to see that if we're not completely short of players in one position, we can look half decent. Okay. Well, I was on 40%, and I'm going to edge myself up to... I'm going to join Dave on 50%. Oh. I can't let Dave suddenly be alone. as suddenly the most <laughs> negative yeah. of the three of us, so... I'm on 50% as well. But I think it's going to be damned close and it's probably going to be a last day finish. Yeah. Maybe that's that's what we have now. It mean, at least it means that there's going to be some games of real importance mm. over the rest of the season. So we can consider it... This is our own FA Cup. Do you remember the end of last bank. season? I do. It's all Because we had that... We had games where it mattered and we needed points and it wasn't fun. It was only by the end of the West Ham game. But then that, the final game of the season with Speaking of Jonas which, scoring. Jonas would have been quite good as a left wing back this weekend. He would. He would. I don't know if he would now. Well. Would you have given him another contract? No. No. But we let him go and didn't replace that gap. It's true. Positionally. It's true. So, as I say, we won't, we won't, do a, we won't predict the Everton game because that's too far away. Um, I think we probably will sign someone. Who do you think? I think we'll sign someone I haven't heard of <laughs> for one million yeah. in the second division. Probably a Spanish second division yeah. striker. Which the last Spanish second division striker we signed was Perez. Yeah, which was good, but we could do with He's Charlie Austin. <laughs> yeah. What I mean? Would you? If you were Mike Ashley yes. and Lee Charnley, would you take the humiliation now of going to Southampton and saying, we will pay you £20 million for Charlie Austin? No. Sorry, I'm asking some ridiculous questions. I would, put an, I would ask them, is, is that Pella available <laughs> now you've got Charlie Austin? Yeah. I'd just be going... Or Shane Long. Even. I'd be going to anyone who can score Premier League goals and just saying, how much... Yeah, but I don't think we'll do that. I think, like you say, we'll we'll get to the end of the transfer window. We'll be told that the deals just weren't there to be done, even though other clubs seem to have somehow managed it. And we'll have bought, like you say, sort of Spanish nineteen-year-old. Well, it'll be interesting now if we don't get anyone else, mm-hmm. and the season continues, 
as it has been, then I think it's going to be like last season in the fact that suddenly there'll be loads of protests. I think it'll get toxic very quickly after the transfer window if we don't sign a decent striker. Yeah. Okay, well, that's something to look forward to. So, I won't do predictions on the Everton game, as I say. One other thing. Would you... Do you think McLaren is safe in the job or should be still? I think he's got till the end of the season, yeah. End of the season? Yeah. That's what I think. I think just because you hear about Mike Ashley being keen on David Moyes or a fan of him, I won, I think sort of three defeats in a row in our next three games might be enough. Well, David Moyes has been suggesting he's had a lot of offers. Mm. I wonder if he's already been approached yeah and turned us down maybe he's just had offers from sports direct for like different amounts of money and what he'd do for them yeah maybe so we i don't what we did last season when we were in exactly the same position situation which was not in the FA cup was we did special podcasts we did a, a best ever Premiership Newcastle oh, 11 yeah. We did a worst 11 fun. So Maybe we can do one of them Because they're quite fun And they might cheer us up a bit Yeah So we'll have a think About what we could do We've done the best Premiership 11 We've done the worst If we say on Twitter What it is Before we record it So people can Chip Get in, in touch as well But also Send us some suggestions At Newcastle Natter For what you think Would be a good Special To do Maybe a seance Maybe a Try and get in touch with former footballers. No, let's not do that. <laughs> uh, suggestions on what kind of an eleven we could put together of Newcastle players. You know the score. Maybe something a bit more wacky this time. So, thank you very much for listening. Thank you for making it to the end of what was ultimately just another miserable forty-five minutes of your life. But go and do reward yourself with something you enjoy. Thank you for your time, Paul Doolan. Thank, thank you very much. Thank you for your time. Do follow us at Newcastle Natter. Do rate us on iTunes positively, please. And <laughs> do look out for next week's podcast. Thank you. Goodbye. Bye. This is a Playback Media production served to you in association with Why Not Think People. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.